Chapter Two of Narrative of an Expedition to the Shores of the Arctic Sea in eighteen forty six and eighteen forty seven by John Ray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schampf. Chapter Two Depart from Churchill. A Gale. Anchor in Knapp's Bay. Land on an Island. Eskimo Graves. Visited by Eskimo. A large river running into Knapp's Bay. Neville's Bay. Corbett's Inlet. Rankin's Inlet. Cape Jalabert. Greenland Whales Seen. Chesterfield Inlet. Walruses. Cape Fullerton. Visited by an Eskimo. Reefs. Cape Kendall Seen. Ice packed against the shore. Take shelter in an excellent harbor. River traced. Seals. Gale. Ice driven off. Direction of the tides reversed. Whale point. Many whales seen. Again stopped by the pack. Wager River estuary. Ice drifts. Eddy currents. No second opening into Wager River seen. Enter Repulse Bay interview with eskimo no intelligence of sir john franklin having taken on board oligbuck and one of his sons as eskimo interpreters and bid adieu to mr sinclair who during our stay had omitted nothing that could in any way tend to the comfort of the party we set sail at eleven o'clock on the fifth july with a light air of north-northeast wind and stood to the westward across to buttons bay the weather was fine, and to enliven the scene, numbers of white whales were seen sporting about, and sometimes coming within a few yards of the boats. The men were all in excellent health and spirits, there not being a melancholy look, nor a desponding word to be seen or heard among them. At 3.30 p.m. we passed Pakathau Kiskau River, and the wind having freshened and shifted round to the southeast, we had run upwards of 40 miles before 10 o'clock. The temperature of the air was 49 degrees, and of the water 50 degrees, thus showing that there was little or no ice in the neighborhood. The night being fine, we continued under sail, the crews being divided into two watches, the land had now become much lower than it was about churchill and the coast very flat so that it was necessary to keep six or eight miles from the land when the tide was out and even then although the boats drew only two and a half feet of water there was little enough for them the bottom was of mud sand or shingle with every here and there a large boulder stone some of them ten or twelve feet high Early on the morning of the 6th, three Eskimos came off in their kayaks, and although we were going at a rate of four miles an hour, they easily overtook us. As they were going towards Churchill, I sent a few lines to Mr. Sinclair by them. Our latitude at noon was 60 degrees, 17 minutes, 59 seconds north. Thermometer in air, 49 degrees, in water, 45 degrees. The total distance run, measured by Massey's log, was 95 miles, which agreed very nearly with our latitude, the difference being easily accounted for by the circumstance that the ebb tide runs much stronger to the northward than the flood does in the opposite direction. 
in the afternoon there was a strong breeze which although fair was rather too much on shore and raised a heavy sea at five p m having run twenty-five miles since noon we got into shallow water and although the heads of the boats were immediately turned to seaward the ebb tide was too quick for us and we got aground being ten miles from the main shore five miles northwest of us there was a small but steep island on the east side of which there was still a deep snowdrift by a meridian altitude of the moon our latitude was sixty degrees forty seven minutes twenty four seconds north the following morning we floated at two a m and with a strong breeze from southeast stood on our course the weather looked threatening and we had not been long out before the wind increased to a gale and the sea rose in proportion the boats fully realized the good opinion we had of them but being so deeply laden the sea broke frequently over them and kept us continually bailing at last the magnet shipped a heavy sea and the steersman either from losing his presence of mind or from not knowing how to act allowed the boat to broach to fortunately no other sea struck her whilst thus placed else both she and the crew must inevitably have been lost i here saw the benefit of the precaution i had taken to have some orkney men with me for it was evident the others although as good fellows as could possibly be wished knew nothing about the management of a boat in such weather i was loath to lose so fine an opportunity of getting on but it would have been reckless to attempt proceeding we accordingly ran in towards knapp's bay which was nearly abreast of us and were soon anchored in a snug cove under the lee of the largest island in the bay it was well that we put in here for the wind in a short time increased to a perfect storm with heavy rain on a neighboring island some miles to the south of us many eskimo tents were seen but we could not discover if they were inhabited notwithstanding the rain i took my gun and made a tour of the island it is about two miles long a quarter of a mile broad and not exceeding one hundred feet in height being covered with scanty vegetation and thickly strewn in many places with fragments of granite i met with a great many eskimo graves the bodies being protected from wild animals by an arch of stone built over them we found a number of spearheads knives etc placed in some of these heaps of stones but the eskimo do not i believe destroy all the property of the deceased as is common among most tribes of indians tracks were seen of a large white bear which had evidently been feasting on the eggs of various wild fowl that breed here among these i noticed the eider duck fulagula mulissima the long-tailed duck fulagula glacialis and the black guillemot uria grille in the evening when the wind had somewhat moderated we were visited by five eskimo from the tents before mentioned they each received a piece of tobacco of which they are remarkably fond and one of them promised to carry or forward to churchill a letter which i addressed to sir george simpson in a net that we had set a salmon weighing ten pounds was caught a large and deep river empties its waters into this bay its course is about due east and it abounds with salmon seals and white whales being consequently a favorite resort of the natives the rise of the tide was thirteen feet when about to go to bed i found my blankets quite wet by the seas that washed over me in the morning 
this however made them keep out the wind better and did not certainly affect my rest the following day was more moderate but it was two p m before we could venture out of our harbor by observation the latitude sixty one degrees nine minutes forty two seconds north and the variation of the compass seven degrees forty eight minutes east were obtained the dip of the needle being eighty six degrees eighteen minutes three seconds north at four a m on the ninth the wind went round so far to the east that we could not lie our course it rained heavily but the wind became more favorable and we stood over towards the north shore of neville's bay the temperature of the water at midday thirty seven degrees air forty four degrees latitude by observation sixty one degrees fifty five minutes forty seconds north we passed among many small islands the resort of great numbers of the birds already mentioned which we used as food although not very palatable to save our pemmican i also noticed a few foolish guillemot uria troile the first we had met with footnote these birds breed in great numbers among the rocks in orkney and are much attached to their young by chasing the latter in a boat they become so fatigued as to be easily caught when one of them is taken into the boat the parent bird approaches within a few feet dives under and around the boat in all directions and whenever it comes up to the surface utters a peculiar melancholy note at the same time turning its head in a listening attitude as if expecting to hear an answer from the prisoner the anxiety of the mother has always the desired effect and it is pleasing to observe the joy with which she swims away with her recovered young one nestling it under her wing and never permitting it to stray a foot from her End footnote. at half past five it being calm we landed on a small island to get some water we found a few hutchins geese here one of them having a brood of young with her these appear to have taken the place of the canada goose as i have not seen any of the latter lately at eight o'clock it still being calm we pulled up towards the north point of neville's bay which bore east of us no ice was to be seen but there were numerous patches of snow on the main shore northeast of us distant ten or eleven miles i saw a young shore lark and a young snow bunting both able to fly there are quantities of red gray and blue granite in this island variegated with quartz the shores had now become steep and rugged the whole coast being lined with bare primitive rocks after breakfast next morning we pulled round the east end of some rocks near which we had lain at anchor during the flood tide and kept on our course across whale cove some small pieces of ice were seen floating about the thermometer in the shade fifty five degrees water thirty six degrees a fog which had been thick all the morning cleared up at half past ten and we saw some islands at no great distance right ahead and a smoke a few miles inland on our beam probably made by eskimo but we could not see any tents our latitude by observation was sixty two degrees eleven minutes twenty three seconds north temperature of air fifty five degrees of water thirty seven degrees the weather was very variable with calms and light breezes alternately at a little after seven in the evening we were off the south point of corbett's inlet it rained hard almost all night 
we however continued our course and at seven a m got among a number of reefs and islands that lie near the south point of rankin's inlet in attempting to pass between two of these our boat got aground and as the tide was ebbing she could not be shoved afloat again but as the greater part of the cargo was carried on shore before the water fell very far no damage was done an excellent observation of the sun gave latitude sixty two degrees thirty five minutes forty seven seconds north variation six degrees six minutes west marble island bearing east by compass the black guillemot was in such numbers here that four or five were killed at one shot many eggs were collected and one nest was found having two eider and three long-tailed duck eggs in it the eider had possession but whether the birds had a mutual understanding or whether the stronger had driven out the weaker possessor it is difficult to say at four p m we floated and ran across the inlet the traverse being fifteen miles we landed at its north point as the wind and tide were both against us there were numerous signs that this place is often visited by the eskimo the bones of various animals and the remains of some stone caches being everywhere visible a little before midnight a deer was shot by corago during a walk i fell in with a large white owl strix nictra as is usually the case it was very shy and could not be approached within gunshot footnote an excellent plan of shooting these birds and one that i have often successfully practised is to roll up a bit of fur or cloth about the shape and size of a mouse and drag it after you with a line twenty yards long the owl will soon perceive the decoy although half a mile distant and after moving its head backwards and forwards as if to make sure of his object he takes wing and making a short sweep in the rear of his intended prey pounces upon and seizes it in his claws affording the sportsman a fine opportunity of knocking him down i have sometimes missed my aim leaving the owl to fly away with the false mouse which the sudden jerk had torn from the line in his claws the indians taking advantage of this bird's propensity to alight on elevated spots set up pieces of wood in the plains or marshes with a trap fastened to the top in this way i have known as many as fifty killed in the early part of winter by one indian the owl is very daring when hungry i remember seeing one of these powerful birds fix its claws in a lap-dog when a few yards distant from the owner and only let go his gripe after a gun was fired the poor little dog died of its wounds in a few days End footnote. the rise of the tide was fourteen feet at half-past two a m on the thirteenth we landed at jalabert the morning was delightful being quite calm with a sharp frost while we lay here waiting the change of the tide Uligbuck shot a fine large buck many seals were sporting about and a shoal of salmon were seen swimming close to the beach having taken on board our venison we pulled with the tide now in our favour we saw upwards of a dozen greenland whales all apparently busy feeding some of them very large at noon we were in latitude sixty-three degrees six minutes fourteen seconds north the variation of the compass eight degrees fifty-two minutes west in the evening we passed chesterfield inlet great numbers of rocks lie out fully eight miles from the shore on its north side 
the wind continued fair and moderate all night and at six in the morning when in the large bay southwest of cape fullerton a single eskimo visited us in his kayak he had been at churchill last year but did not intend to go thither this season although he had a number of wolf fox and parchment deerskins at his tent a present of a knife and a piece of tobacco made him quite happy and he left us shouting so loudly as to show that his lungs were in good order the party to which he belongs consists of ten families their hunting grounds being situated on the borders of chesterfield inlet where they spear a great number of deer whilst swimming across in the autumn at some distance inland woods are found a number of walruses were observed lying on a small ridge of rocks they were grunting and bellowing making a noise which i fancy would much resemble a concert of old boars and buffaloes we did not disturb their music obtained a meridian observation of the sun which gave latitude sixty four degrees three minutes forty two seconds north as the refraction was great and the natural horizon used this is probably erroneous if it is not cape fullerton is not properly laid down in the charts being too far to the south temperature of the air fifty eight degrees water forty one degrees when doubling cape fullerton we were obliged by the numerous granite reefs to keep six or seven miles from the mainland at seven in the evening we landed to replenish our water casks and had an unsuccessful chase after two deer the horizon being clear i saw cape kendall on southampton island bearing southeast by south magnetic fifteenth we made but little progress last night there being no wind the weather was rather cold the thermometer standing at forty degrees and the water being only four degrees above the freezing point indicated the proximity of ice a short time afterwards a large pack was seen about five miles distant on approaching nearer we found that it extended along shore as far as the eye could see at two p m we ran inshore and took shelter under some grey-coloured granite rocks twenty feet high deer being noticed at no great distance two or three sportsmen went after them and succeeded in shooting a doe a very large whale was observed finding our present position far from being a safe one at high water we pushed along shore among masses of ice during a thick fog and entered an inlet which opportunely presented itself and which proved to be an excellent harbour about two hundred yards wide from four to six fathoms deep and nearly four miles long the bottom being sand and mud would afford an excellent anchorage for much larger craft than ours as there were many seals swimming about i was led to infer that salmon or trout were abundant two nets were put down but no fish were caught during a two days detention here i traced for eight miles the course of a considerable river which empties its waters into the inlet i found it to be a succession of rapids and deep pools and running as nearly as possible in a south-south-east course near its mouth upwards of thirty seals were lying basking in the sun a ball fired among them sent the whole party walloping into the water at a great rate more frightened however than hurt one of the men had accompanied me and during our walk we met with a hen partridge tetrato rupestris and her brood i have seen many birds attempt to defend their young but never witnessed one so devotedly brave as this mother 
she ran about us over and between our feet striking at our hands when we attempted to take hold of her young so that she herself was easily made prisoner although kept in the hand some time when let loose again she continued her attacks with unabated courage and perseverance and was soon left mistress of the field with her family safe around her we were fortunate in finding some willows fully an inch in diameter which were far superior for fuel to seaweed and short heath we had been using for the last two days hutchins geese breed here in numbers and as no canada geese were seen i presume that they do not usually come so far north along the coast the shores have a very rugged appearance there being numerous high ridges of primitive rocks running far out into the sea in an east and west direction the line of stratification dipping to the south at an angle of seventy five degrees with the horizon in many places these rocks were thickly studded with small garnets the rise and fall of the tide was thirteen and one half feet during the whole of the sixteenth the weather was cloudy and it rained heavily all night but on the seventeenth the wind increased to a gale the sky cleared up and a satisfactory observation was obtained by the artificial horizon which placed us in latitude sixty four degrees six minutes forty five seconds north as we were more than ten miles north of the situation where i had observed the latitude on the fourteenth the difference between the latitude obtained then and that of our present situation shews the uncertainty of observations made with the natural horizon when there is much refraction or when there is ice in the neighborhood the variation of the compass was twenty degrees ten minutes west the gale continued all day and being from the westward much ice was driven off shore eighteenth last night the wind moderated a little but about two a m it blew more strongly than before the forenoon was sufficiently fine to permit me to observe the dip of the needle eighty six degrees thirty six minutes five seconds north in the afternoon when collecting plants i discovered some willows of a larger growth than those we had before found and i carried a load of them to the boat in the evening there was no ice to be seen either along shore or in the offing but it still blew too hard for us to get under way the temperature of the air today varied from fifty degrees to fifty five degrees just as i had turned in for the night it was reported that two white bears were close at hand i immediately got up and set off sans culotte to have a share of the anticipated sport when i soon discovered that two harmless deer in their winter coats had been mistaken for bears it was high water today at eleven hours forty minutes a m the rise being fifteen feet by this it will appear that three o'clock is the time of high water at full and change of the moon at three next morning the wind having moderated we started and ran along shore at a fine rate for ten miles but here the coast turning more to the westward we could not lie our course and were compelled to put ashore until the flood tide made for it was found that contrary to what we had previously experienced the current ran to the northward during the flow of the tide and in an opposite direction during the ebb this being probably caused by the strait north of southampton island being blocked up with ice after an hour's stay we got under way again at a few minutes after seven and turned to windward our latitude at noon was sixty four degrees twenty minutes fifty one seconds north it now fell calm 
but this had not continued more than half an hour before a light breeze sprung up from the east and at one p m we passed whale point a great many whales were seen to-day and one of them was swimming amongst a large flock of king ducks apparently amusing itself with the confusion that it caused when rising to breathe temperature of the air fifty degrees water thirty eight degrees twentieth it being calm for some time during the night we came to anchor whilst the tide was against us but at six a m we again continued on our route there was much ice lying along the shore of southampton island its proximity being indicated by the temperature of the water thirty five degrees this morning some more large whales were noticed the ice was again too close packed to permit us to advance we therefore landed and the latitude sixty four degrees fifty six minutes thirty three seconds north and the variation of the compass thirty six degrees thirteen minutes west were observed the mosquitoes were very numerous and troublesome but nevertheless the sportsmen succeeded in shooting five deer on the twenty first and twenty second we had a continued struggle amongst heavy and close-packed ice until we reached the wager river estuary where we were detained all day by the immense quantities driving in with the flood and out again with the ebb tide which ran at the rate of seven or eight miles an hour forcing up the flows into large mounds and grinding them against the rocks with a noise resembling thunder during the ebb tide the eddy currents once or twice brought in the ice with great force which would have smashed our boats as they lay in rather an exposed situation along the face of some steep rocks had it not fortunately taken the ground before it reached us during our stay a meridian observation of the sun by artificial horizon gave latitude sixty five degrees fifteen minutes thirty six seconds north variation forty eight degrees thirteen minutes west twenty third there was a thin coat of ice on the water this morning the temperature of which at midnight was two degrees below the freezing point that of the air thirty six degrees as our position was far from safe we were kept on the alert all night and got under way at half past three for the purpose of finding some safer harbour to get to a small bay a mile and a half to the west of us we had more than once to pull for our lives as the eddy currents already spoken of caused such sudden and uncertain movements among the ice that there was no telling on what side we were to expect it with much difficulty we entered our harbour and pulled half a mile up so as to be safe from the ice which we had reason to expect would come in with the flood the latitude of our new anchorage was sixty five degrees sixteen minutes eight seconds north this is the most northerly point on the south side of wager river which appears to be not very correctly laid down in the charts the channel is not more than four or five miles broad in the evening being wearied with delay as soon as the flood tide slacked we pushed out into the stream and when in mid-channel had the advantage of a fine breeze which enabled us to stem the current that still ran at the rate of five miles an hour the boats had some narrow escapes and the magnet received a severe squeeze but fortunately sustained no injury and we were soon in safety on the north side of the channel twenty fourth having pulled along shore all night we cast anchor at half-past five this morning to take breakfast and give rest to the men 
our course since crossing wager river had been among a number of small rocky islands between which we had some difficulty in threading our way but we did not see any signs of a second opening into wager bay although a sharp lookout was kept a light air of fair wind springing up we got under way a few minutes before eight and stood on to the northward the ebb tide again running with us at midday the temperature of the air was forty five degrees water thirty two degrees in the afternoon the breeze increased and at a quarter past seven we rounded cape hope and ran into repulse bay by an amplitude of the sun whilst setting the variation of the compass sixty two degrees forty minutes west was obtained as soon as we passed the cape a great change in the temperature of the air and water was observed the former being fifty six degrees and the latter forty six degrees twenty fifth we continued under sail all night and at six in the morning were within seven miles of the head of the bay and cast anchor between a small island and the shore to get some fuel and cook breakfast our latitude was sixty six degrees twenty six minutes fifty seven seconds north variation of the compass fifty nine degrees ten minutes west in the afternoon the wind being ahead we plied to windward and when entering gibson's cove observed with much joy four eskimo on the shore i immediately landed near them and taking uligbuk's son with me as interpreter joined the party and calling out texma peace shook hands with them they were at first in great fear and appeared half inclined to run away but on our kind intentions towards them being explained they became quite at ease chatting and laughing as if we had been old acquaintances they were good-looking of low stature and much more cleanly than those in hudson's straits their dresses were made of deerskin of the form so often described the coat having a long tail somewhat resembling that of an english dress coat their legs were encased in waterproof boots made of seal skin and they all wore mittens which they seldom took off their hands there were two of them middle-aged utu uniak who had a formidable beard and whiskers and kurik tuu the other two were lads from eighteen to twenty years of age and we were soon after joined by a fine young fellow with ruddy cheeks and sparkling black eyes having an expression of exceeding good humour in his laughing countenance our new friend wore round his head a narrow leather band of deerskin ornamented with fox's teeth and appeared to be somewhat of a dandy in his own estimation none of the party had ever visited churchill and they had neither heard nor seen anything of sir john franklin from a chart drawn by one of the party i was led to infer that the sea Akkuli, to the west of melville peninsula was not much more than forty miles distant in a north-northwest direction and that about thirty-five miles of this distance was occupied by deep lakes so that we could have only five miles of land to haul a boat over a mode of proceeding which even had the distance been much greater i had intended adopting in preference to going round by the fury and hecla straits a small river empties its waters into the bay within a hundred yards of the place where we landed this stream up which the boat was to be dragged issues from one of the lakes through which we had to pass leaving all the men but one to unload the boats i went some miles inland to trace our intended route after walking about five miles along the stream already mentioned 
the current in which was very strong we arrived at the first lake a long and narrow body of water having steep and in some places rocky banks which we traced for two miles and returned late in the evening to our companions end of chapter two